everyone, it's Claire. In a moment, you'll hear me speaking with Cyril and Hazel about what it's like to live in Korea and their opinions on you know so many different topics but i just wanted to give a special shout out um thanks to cyril for just being on the podcast and speaking with me and thanks to hazel for coming on the podcast for the second time her episode will be released in season four please make sure to check the episode notes where i link the article that cyril wrote that i mentioned sometime in the episode at least I think I do. We have a lot of editing going on right now and everything is sort of blurring together. Okay, hope you enjoy. Thank you both for being here. Can you guys introduce yourselves? You go, Hazel. Well, Hazel, you've been on, so do you, I guess, do you want to just um, like introduce yourself first and then we'll move on to Cyril? Sure. Um, I'm Hazel and I'm from London in the UK and I've been working as the English teacher in Korea since 2011 and me and Cyril here we used to work together for maybe three years, four years, I don't even know, I lost count, a long time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Great, thank you. Moving over to you. <laughs> uh, my name is Cyril Reyes and I'm from Toronto, Canada. Um, yeah, like Hazel, I've, I've been teaching in Korea for about a decade or so, um, 12 years to be exact. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I don't feel that I am, a, I am a foreign language teacher as much as, a, you know, I'm, I live here and I, I work here. So mm -hmm. I guess that's that's the main difference that I, I have with a lot of my coworkers. Like a few mm -hmm. people have the same situation where they live here, they work here. Um, but I don't feel like, hi, I'm a foreign language teacher and I'm from a different planet. Yeah, well, yeah, welcome back, Hazel. And uh, mm -hmm. welcome, Cyril. Really good to have you two on here. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah i mean we started getting into it a little bit just now but like why korea and why teaching do you uh well let's just start first i'm gonna let cyril mainly talk today because cyril me and claire already did a, something like mm. this so i feel like i'm gonna end up repeating myself a lot if mm. i i'm gonna just talk a little bit and i think you should talk more yeah okay uh, um yeah. well to answer your question claire mm. um the, it was just an accident. I, I don't think there was um, I, I never planned on being a teacher. I, I had it was more like a plan B uh, when I was in uh, in university. And then uh, I was in graduate school and I was just afraid of getting a job after finishing. Mm -hmm. And there was um, a desire to travel and there was an opportunity for me to teach in Korea. And I mean, I wish there was a better reason that I could come up with as to why I am in Korea. Um, maybe because the Japanese recruiter said no. I mean, that was. <laughs> I, I had a similar answer. <laughs> like, I originally looked at Japan and it looked too expensive. And one of my friends had liked a Facebook page of an agency. And like, that's literally how I ended up mm -hmm. coming. Similar kind of by chance situation. 
No, I think that those are always the best stories though. Like sometimes you'll ask someone this and they'll be like, well, I wanted to go to Korea 2.5 years after I graduate and then this will happen. Mm -hmm. But it's always interesting. We're like, oh, well, I didn't know I'd end up here. Um, are you both like really this might be obvious but i'm just curious like are you both surprised that you ended up in korea for so long or if you think about it you're like oh actually this oh no both of you're nodding <laughs> we're both nodding our heads like yes yeah. i i came for one year originally mm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy uh, what about you Cyril? Yeah. same same as hazel i had a plan i had a plan i just before i came to before i met my wife my original plan was just to spend one year here and move to Europe. That was my plan. Oh, really? Oh, um, wow. Where did I, you I, go? Um, I, I, at that time, I was still, I still had aspirations and like, you know, studying, you know, continuing my research. And mm. I, I wanted to move to Munich. That oh, was, cool. oh, wow. Yeah. But you know, yeah, just I—I I was young, I was stupid, didn't really know what I was doing. I just—I—I <laughs> I I didn't want to work a nine-to-five job. Yeah, that's I, fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah I get that. Um, I didn't know you had applied to work in Japan either, Cyril. It was just one of those like random online application. It was a jet okay. program. Oh yeah, yeah they're so strict. <laughs> so I mean, they—they they never replied. There was initial. Oh, why? No, nothing. Oh. Like, uh, maybe uh, they just looked at my application and said, nope. Um, <laughs> but like the, you know, I remember I was, um, I, I just received a, an offer to teach in Chengju. I didn't even know where Chengju was. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. There was a city called Chengju. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no I, 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 my original plan was just to stay one year. Wow. Um, what did you both think of i mean because they're, they're seoul right like okay city it's the capital you can at least like google it but then Chengdu is like a oh, whole different wikipedia page it does have a wikipedia page oh yeah okay that's true um was it when you two like arrived what were your first impressions um <laughs> pause well, the thing is, it was, um, I, I still remember the bus ride from Seoul to Chengju. Oh, I, I passed out. Yeah, oh, I, I know. Cried. Like, <laughs> you yeah. cried? Why did you oh, cry? You did. Oh, Why? Because yeah. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There I was, was that feeling too. And I don't know anyone. And like, yeah. where am I? And I, I got confused. I was under the impression that the recruiter was going to meet me at the airport, but they weren't. They just, I, they asked me to phone them from a payphone, and I did. And they just told me what to do, like go to this stand, get your bus ticket. I thought they were going to meet me, and I bought presents for them and everything. And I didn't meet them for like eight months, so I ate their mm -hmm. presents. I bought them chocolate <laughs> and everything, but like, I, um, I didn't realize I was going to be on my mm -hmm. own. Yeah, yeah, but, that's tough. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is kind of an experience. Um, uh, did you did you teach here, Claire? Did you live in Korea, uh, in the same way? Oh yeah, I lived. In, yeah, I, I was an epic teacher. Oh, I know her. Yeah. Uh, same here. I was an epic teacher as well. 
Oh, really? Um, so how did you transition into university teaching? Well, it's a, it's a, it's not really a long story. I, I worked at Epic after uh, I got married and then mm. we, we wanted to move to Canada. And so I quit my Epic job and then I realized it's really hard to move with my family. And there was a, a small, not a small, a brief moment of panic as to what we're supposed to do. And then um i was told there was a that there was a university hiring mm. and i talked to i forgot her name now hazel she Begins was our bo eugen eugen no, eugen <laughs> yeah eugen eugen yeah eugen called and she's like hi i want to hire you and i'm like oh like, wow and she told me yeah they were desperate weren't they yeah, they were. We both started together one month into the semester. Like, yeah. they were really desperate. I thought it was an interview, but it was a contract and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We oh, never had to interview nothing. They oh, were just man. like, do you, do you have a master's? Is that mm -hmm. right? A master's? And are you from blah, blah, blah country? Can mm -hmm. you get out of your current job? Okay, come. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was quick. It was. Yeah. <laughs> um... And like, yeah, so that's my, Epic was fine. Mm -hmm. um, I, there were many bus rides with Hazel where we, I, I reflected on like our, our, our situation. And there was one time she's like, can you stop being so negative? I can't, I can't deal with this in the morning. <laughs> Hazel. Our bus was at 7.50 a.m. I, I, I don't remember what you were talking about, but yeah, I think it was actually, wait, this is all, <laughs> sorry. I think this is all coming back because I, I remember I asked you, so I was like, so what, what was it like working out? Like, you know, all these in universities, I do remember you said at one point, like, yeah, for one of those universities, the commute was like really intense. And I never like asked you about that. I was like, what do you mean? I thought you just meant like, oh, because it was early, but now I'm thinking, oh, is it because you two had uh reflective conversation like back and forth we, we had an hour each way every day so that's like uh, two yeah. hours sat next to oh. each other well and also the <laughs> i think it's also we had a lot of time off so like going yeah. back into like work was it took a while like <laughs> i mean like vacation time is like it's a blessing and a curse because like mm -hmm. being away from work for let's say regular work for four months out of the year, mm. it's great. Sounds great on paper. You get to travel, but the moment where it all begins, I think that yeah, it was it was a lot hard. It was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Mm, yeah, um, I can so... kind of see that. Yeah, I, I always have a panic attack when I go back to work. The other day I was dreaming about, I always have a recurring dream before a semester starts that yeah. I can't find my classroom. I didn't prepare for my class. I've lost my textbook. Mm -hmm. um, it happens all the time. And even though this semester is probably going to be online, I had the same dream like three days, mm -hmm. three nights ago. And I was like, what? And not even, that's not even relevant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, um, how do you think teaching in korea is is different to just overall teaching in general i'll let you answer that uh hazel <laughs> no i was looking at this question and <laughs> i thought oh, God, that's a question and I'm, I'm interested in what you have to say but um, okay I'll, um, <laughs> um 
well, I don't really know. I've taught English in Bangladesh, but it was in a very different situation, like very different situation. So, for example, compared to China, I have no idea. Compared to Japan, I don't know. Compared mm. to Europe, I don't know. Um, well, I think you did mention like there are extra things that you need to factor into. Like, well, so when I when I did Epic, I, and I know the teacher life is very like go go go. So I was at an elementary school, um, well, primary school, and then if there are changes, my co-teacher would just tell me because I spoke Korean. But mm. you know, if if you don't speak Korean or if you're in a very specific type of like university or school i remember you said like oh i need to do extra work to make sure that the, i have the logistics down so do you think that's like one way that's kind of <laughs> different i think i maybe mentioned when we talked before when we hmm. worked together we had a foreign head teacher who kind of filtered information through and where cyril's working now i also work with him there too similar situation but now i um now the information doesn't necessarily travel so well without the foreign head teacher. Sometimes I get information really late or maybe not. I guess mm. I usually get it, I think, but sometimes like I rely on a Korean coworker to just for it to occur to them to mention mm. it to us. <laughs> occur um, to them. Yeah. I would say, I don't know if this is different in other countries. In our university classes, they never level test the students. We just get well, rarely, we usually just get all kinds of levels all in together. And I normally teach about 50 students, all different levels in one room. And that, I don't know if in other countries they level test. I've no idea. I guess it depends on the country. Mm, maybe. Mm -hmm. oh, what, what do you think, Sarah? Any, any thoughts? Um, so I only have only taught in two places, Canada and in Korea. Mm. Um, the last time I taught in Canada, I was quite surprised by the, there were, how can I say, they were a lot more, they were stricter about mm -hmm. how well the students were developing their language skills with respect to grammar and vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Like it was, there was a, at least from, from like a manager, a managerial perspective, like I was being told that the students had to hit these benchmarks. Mm -hmm. okay. and, so like that was the pressure and that is working at a private school and working at a language center a government language center and at the government language center they, they were tested regularly or at, at the end of their course and there was an expectation that the students had to conform to these targets or that they had to learn the these benchmarks before they can level up and in korea there was at least from where i or Hazel and I uh, both work. We work at a post-secondary institution. We have a lot more freedom, actually, as to what we can teach compared mm -hmm. to, let's say, working in Canada, where I was expected to teach this curriculum and the students had to learn a, a certain way. And um, some students benefited in that type of like rigorous system. I find that in Korea, we are oh, the expectation is to, to give the students a break from like the rigorous study, even like in my mm -hmm. in my my position. Um, yeah, <clears throat> and like the COVID nineteen is is such a game changer where um, a lot of our students they they tend to not pay attention during an online lecture. So we've been told to be a lot more. Um, generous when it comes to our classes not to punish students for not paying attention mm -hmm. so again they don't say to entertain the students mm -hmm. 
but the underlying theme is to create engagement that would make the students um, have a really exciting, I mean, I hate to use that word, but exciting and engaging learning experience. While in Canada, that was not that was not the case at all. In a private language center, uh, in, in the private school, yeah. and in the government language center, no, you have to hit, hit, hit these benchmarks. Yeah, about uh, le learning. Yeah. Learning. yeah. Hmm. yeah. So then that that's where um, I think the difference. I you know I've worked at a Hogwan, I've worked at the Epic system, uh, you know, an Epic. Yeah. Like in Epic, there was no discussion about like the students have to meet these benchmarks or they have to learn these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and even at the at post-secondary institution, mm -hmm. uh, we have benchmarks, but they're just there on paper. They're not tested. Yeah, I found like it's not that extreme, but I work in a public university now and I think we're allowed to be, we're encouraged to be a bit more stricter. When I worked in private universities, mm -hmm. I was encouraged to be more generous. Like oh. now I'm not, if for example, I want, I, I have never done this, but if I wanted to kick a student out of my class for good because of bad behavior, I wouldn't get in trouble for that. I would have no problem with it. Whereas if I worked in oh, a private university, yeah. I think uh, there would be re repercussions for me. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. I think that boils down to maybe uh the the university finances between private and <laughs> maybe, public maybe. right mm. well what surprises you both about like living and working in korea and i and i think it's i mean I, all of us have different backgrounds and experiences so I, I thought this would be interesting to discuss um uh who <laughs> wants to go first what's surprising mm. Or just your reflect observations in general. Um, I'm going to say something. If it comes out badly, just edit it out, okay? <laughs> just so, no. What if I keep that in? <laughs> I'm just no, keep, I keep it in. That's the, that's the, this is the part where you actually highlight it. You don't edit it out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm worried I'm going to sound negative. So, mm. For example, when I was working in uh, Bangladesh, I had... And to an extent where Cyril's working now, but different. When I was working in Bangladesh, I had a lot of teacher development stuff going on. I had people observing my classes, giving me a lot of feedback on how I could improve. Right now, I have no professional development opportunities at all. I have to look for them myself. And it doesn't feel like a career. It's just like, oh, I'm a teacher, just do your job. And there's no if there's going to be any professional development happening or any skills improving. I have to go out and get it and do it myself. If I don't, nothing will happen. No one ever watches me or gives me feedback or any training. So I think that is, I guess I'm accustomed to it now, but if I was thrown suddenly into a university in Korea from the UK right now, that would surprise me a lot. Mm, that makes sense. Um, I just wanted to quickly say, I think, um, what, what do you think, Cyril? Um... I think compared to 2008 to 2020, one one thing that I've noticed, the younger generation in Korea, they have become much more liberal compared as to when I first arrived. In mm, okay. uh, so for, so for example, um, a lot like first time I came here, most women, especially Korean women, would hide the fact that they were smoking. Like they oh yeah, but, mm. but like now. Uh, 
my students, they're openly smoking in front of their professors. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a big change within, you know, 12 years. Right. Um, I think that the LGBT community didn't exist at least vocally and like right. they were there. Um, but now there are parades there, are, you know, they're, they're lobbying the government. And mm-hmm. um and I, I I that's kind of the probably the there is a kind of liberal turn that I, I can see. And I think that it's the, the the older generation that holds on to very conservative values. Um surprising thing about working in Korea, uh at least I think there are two uh I think there's a, a certain way that um being a foreigner, there are two groups. There are the privileged foreigners and the underprivileged foreigners. Like uh, my mm-hmm. wife kind of reminds me all the time. Yeah. Um, in like w- Hazel and I are part of the expat group, and we mm-hmm. call ourselves the expat group, but we're basically privileged migrant workers. Mm-hmm. Like really, yeah. like privileged migrant workers. There are migrant workers in Korea who come from Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, the Philippines, Vietnam, mm-hmm. yeah. and they work the jobs that no young Korean person wants to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, at our apartment complex, they they painted the mm-hmm. the out the, the exterior of the mm-hmm. the apartment. Yeah, the work was done by by people who are from Kazakhstan, and like these were like you know, and again, you know, they didn't get stares, but like obviously, Korean people were like, oh, they're 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 not from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's more foreigners a little bit, even in Chengju. I I remember when I first came here. Like people would stare, but now it's like, oh, you're a foreigner, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that th- those are the things that sur- I think the surprising things that has happened or things that I've observed the past ten years, like liberal turn, um, but also the fact that there is that there are two groups, and I think for people who who are interested in like working in korea let's say who are interested in let's say teaching in south korea i think it's something that they should be aware of like they they'll be part of this privileged pool of people even if they work at a hogwan um privilege in the sense that they're not going to be working for peanuts a lot of the 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 migrant workers who come here they work for less than a hundred dollars a day and that sounds like a lot of money but it's it's really hard and dangerous work yeah, that's a good um, point. Uh, do you both feel um, like you can call Hazel? I know we already talked about this, but I, you know, I, I still think it's worth saying again. Um, do you both feel like you can call Korea home, or do you still feel like you're a foreigner? <laughs> I think I already spoke about it last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like living here, but yeah, I feel like a foreigner. Yeah, for sure, mm. for sure. Mm. Like language, culture, um, I guess would be the main reasons why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. What about you, Cyril? Um, there are days that I forget that, um, you know, I am, I am, I know that I am a foreigner, but I just, I've adapted. The mm-hmm. best, if you've seen the movie Castaway, like, you know, the beginning of the movie, struggling to catch fish, and eventually <laughs> there's like a, a cut scene where he he throws the the spear and he catches the fish. 
like it's not enough. home, but it's like you just learn to adapt. Mm, um, yeah. Mm. You know, uh, when I was growing up in Canada, there was always, you know, grew up in a very multicultural environment. Like somebody's parent is not from Canada, mm. like mine and like other people. And there was always a pair, the parent who couldn't speak English properly, you mm. know, and like they would talk to my friend in their own native language, whether it's Polish or Spanish. Mm. Um, and now I am that parent. I am the parent who can't speak Korean properly. And my daughter speaks to me in English and all the kids are looking at us or everybody's looking at us, you know? Yeah. And they, look at you when, they look at you when you guys are talking. Pardon? So people look at you a lot when you two are speaking in English to each other. I think they look at Sylvia. They, yeah. they don't really, they, you know, like, yeah, he's, mm. he's a foreigner, but like, you know, yeah. there's my daughter's like, you know, and then she has to kind of, translate to the korean person who's interested oh wow so her friend, yeah <laughs> um but yeah do, do i feel like korea's home yes there are some days but then i complain about this place uh, you know mm. often enough that i'm like yeah <laughs> i mean it's hard because it's like uh, you know that that question i i think the, the i don't like the term deterritorialize but i feel that it's an appropriate term Mm. Or even someone like me who I I I, I am I'm not moving I'm I I still live in Chengju and my you know I, I feel like I'm fairly settled in but I yeah I I'm different from everybody else and mm. I'm okay with that I've adapted so that's all yeah I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with being a foreigner mm. here but yeah I always refer to myself as a foreigner I always mm. yeah I always call myself a foreigner the entire time so yeah interesting mm. um oh sorry i was just gonna say you used to say to me cyril before they cyril and his wife and daughter they moved to canada what two years ago or something for mm. one year something like that uh, oh you years. did move to canada mm. you moved you were there for three years well for one year and we moved there three years ago 2017. i, I see oh. yeah you were saying right before that that your daughter was uncomfortable speaking English a little bit, like she always asked you mm. to speak in Korean. But now it seems like she's happier speaking English since she went to Canada. Is that right? What would you say about um, that? I think that she goes through phases where while she was in Canada, she stopped speaking Korean because yeah. she interacted with, with, with people. I mean, she had Korean friends in, at school, but... Um, interacting with teachers and uh but nowadays it's like it's mostly korean it's only english with me and it's really mm -hmm. hard for me to encourage her to read in english um but language wise she's comfortable comfortable with both mm -hmm. speaking so wow. what was um, it like living in canada with your family i think there there was the financial pressure of trying to start again that i think made life very difficult um so you know my wife was kind of was disappointed that we moved back but i i i was relieved you know of returning to korea and returning back to my old job just because it's really expensive to live in toronto mm, yeah so, nice yeah very interesting. Yeah. yeah, sorry, we went yeah. on a tangent there, but you know, I just find it really interesting. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> find it really cute how your daughter is like, you only know one language. 
Yeah, I know. And it's like, she's like, I know two and mom knows three. You're a <laughs> retard, dad. Sorry, carry on. I'm going to say something that can be, edit this out, please. Um, oh, yeah. Cyril, sorry about this. Cyril, Cyril used to write on his CV that he spoke Tagalog. Do you remember? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and she's like, do you know, how do you say during in Tagalog? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> how do you say, how are you? And he didn't know. Oh, yeah. So I told oh, him yeah. to remove it from his CV. <laughs> oh, okay, so, well, because because you, you like you confronted me, I I've been watching like Filipino videos online and like <laughs> yeah. trying to like and like there are subtitles and I'm like oh that's what they're saying. It has helped a lot. It's oh. helped a lot. Yeah, but like I, I moved back to Toronto and yeah, you're totally right. I I don't know Tagalog. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm and I like I, this is like before I moved back to Toronto. Like yeah. And, it was it was pretty bad. I I met my my aunt's church friends and she brought me to like you know um she brought she brought me and my daughter to her church. Hopefully like asking us to like be part of her church and I'm like no. But to make a long story short, there were like tons of Filipino people there and yeah, they, when they were speaking in Tagalog, I just didn't understand. Yeah, it was pretty rough. it was pretty rough. <laughs> um. Do you think you'll incorporate, I don't know if you're already doing this, but do you mm. think you'll incorporate like, like your Filipino heritage into like your daughter's like exposure? That was really articulated. But like, <laughs> will you try to teach her Tagalog or? Oh, both of you I, will I learn, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I taught her like <laughs> the words that I, I do know. Um, <laughs> it's something that like my wife, again, has told me I, I am not a very good representative of my culture. Um, so I, just you know, to answer your question, I don't know enough to teach her. I don't know what to teach my daughter. Um, I in, and just just to, just to put uh, to make it very simple. Like I, my you know I I don't even know what my favorite Filipino dish is. And that, that's oh. something so basic. Like I don't really know. Um, I think the closest thing that I've taught Sylvia about a, a, a very specific Filipino thing is mm. we had mangoes one time, and I told her if you add salt. So in the Philippines, mm. they add salt to mangoes. Yeah. And she's like, and I told her like that's a Filipino thing, and yeah. she taught her mom. She's like, Mom, look, Dad Aww. told me that they. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Bad. Anyway, I know. Um, I don't know how to articulate this, but Korea's, um, you know, Seoul had a movement, like a protest, right, for it, and there is mm -hmm. a liberal turn. But then I think globally there is this stance of, oh, but that's an American problem, not mm -hmm. our problem. So I'm um, reading that article. I thought, oh, that's very interesting how you're able to incorporate that into the classroom. So, mm -hmm. um what like can you tell me like when you decided to do that like were you nervous like how did your students react to it um I think the moment I started I well it was while I was teaching an epic I I, I remembered I was shocked by the level of um 
casual racism in, in students, mm -hmm. where if there was a person who was black, somebody would say something. And, you know, if there was something Japanese, a student would say something. Mm -hmm. And so I created a lesson plan that talks mm -hmm. about racism. And I remember there was one student who, this was the, um, this not verbatim, but the best way. I remembered that the student said, I don't think that there's any difference. There's no difference between people like black and white, but mm -hmm. the older Korean generation, they have this, um, this prejudice against people who are darker and that mm -hmm. they think that their blood is dirty. And I think it's a horrible thing that my, that people, the older generation in Korea have this, this notion. Mm but I, I reject it. And that's like, that's the paraphrasing it. But mm. I, I, I read that and I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's um, you know, this is a middle school student who was able to say something. And, right. you know, and, you know, like there was a, again, there was a, a group of, of a minority of people who would shout dumb things when they see a black person on the, on YouTube or like on one of my PPTs. And I, I always thought that I, I had, I had a duty to at least raise the question of equality or racial justice and to make make my students who are I think who are very patriotic about their culture. And I think that's the re the real hindrance of let's say talking about other social issues um in South Korea because they're so they care they they do care about social issues but it's their issues. Whether it's um, you know doctor, I mean, mm. <laughs> I mean almost every elementary school, and I, I, I thought I, I had some sort of duty to at least have a discussion, and to answer your question about let's say talking, was I scared? I I just decided that I'm going to talk about social issues, but I'm going to make my students make the choice as to what social issue they care about, oh. rather than like hi i'm going to talk about feminism which some some teachers do and i you know what that's fine i think that you know that's if they feel that that that, that the students be compelled to listen i'm like sure i i i i think that the students need to have a voice in the classroom and i think that's where social justice really um that's where it actually matters students realize that they actually that they are empowered and they can do something. And, you know, my students, some of my students, you know, they responded to the Black Lives Movement, where they talked about racism. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I did a little bit of hand-waving. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, in, in a 90-minute lesson plan, I, I think I briefly talked about it for five minutes. And that was deliberate. I I don't think it's um, it's effective if I, if I preach, I preach enough. I mean, Hazel can attest to that. Like she spent like an hour with me in the, <laughs> an hour of me going to work and an hour going back. And like, I can preach all day, but uh, you know, teaching in South Korea, I, you know, te teaching young people. I mean, they're, they're exposed enough to people who lecture to them, whether it's their parents, their, um, their content courses. The last thing they want to listen to is a foreigner preach to them. So I have to find clever ways to inspire my students to engage in a social issue. But 
I, but it has to be beyond what I think is important. Mm. So that's a, a long-winded answer, <laughs> answer to your yeah. question. I think, I think oh, it's yeah. nice that you let them choose the topic to talk mm. about because I mean, at the end of the day, students, they they need to be directly like specifically interested in what they're researching or talking about if they're gonna i don't know you know what i mean like you want them to be really engaged so i think yeah yeah that's true it sounds like they pick all kinds of stuff like i saw the yeah in the article there was racism but there was also what uh gender violent mm. gender-based violence and um what else was mm. in there Color uh, child abuse like child again abuse. Our child abuse and like yeah. um i don't know what it's called shadism like when people's skins are different mm. yeah. like preciously pale like mm. yeah mm. um like a i found that i i didn't i didn't count how many uh examples or presentations or posters related to female violence like a lot of a lot of my feet well Last semester, I had I had more female students than male students, and the majority of the female students expressed their disgust. To there was a a case of a man who had a website, and he collected, mm -hmm. um, he shared and collected videos of women being abused, and like there was like online bullying, and there was a website, and there were lots of men who were involved, and a lot of women chose that issue where they didn't feel safe mm -hmm. and there were cases in seoul where men would put hidden cameras in female in women's washrooms mm. so again like teaching social justice i i think that there are there are the issues that i care about but i think every mm. student especially a young person a young university student actually cares about something mm -hmm. so i think giving them a choice and letting them have a voice, I think that's yeah, that's a better way of doing things. Um, so it it sounds like overall they responded pretty well to it. I mean, were you were you surprised that they responded that way, or do you feel like there's still like really long way to go? I think that this is again in, in Korea. I find that my students are they respond they respond when they're given a platform because in the, their in the other aspects of their education they are only expected to um, be competent to whatever they're learning so let's mm. say if they're going to be an engineer they need to be competent with like the, co the content of their course and my classes are we're expected to teach differently it's not about the content per se it's about using the language um so i think that they responded positively because they were given a platform and i think that if you know young people are given a chance to say something they'll do they'll do something with it and i think that I think that they like the idea of they create something like a, a poster. I mean, it's something so basic, like, you know, make something. Mm. Um, but then there were some students who just, you know, just, it was another assignment. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there were, there were students, um, but there were a few students who, who did surprise me. Like they really thought about what they wanted to say um so i again it's 
you know, I, I don't think it was the lesson that like they really cared about. I found that um, that at least my students they were they're happy to talk about something more positive. So like I did a coronavirus um, lesson and I don't think that was particularly good because it made them, <laughs> I, get, I think it made them very depressed. Um, <laughs> yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like if you ask me what is the, my best lesson, I, it's, it's about romance. It's literally like I stole like <laughs> interviews like about how romantic you are a video that you know that sh uh it's a it's a, a short film mm. of a deaf woman falling in love with a high school student um they're both oh. high school students oh, okay. <laughs> it's, not, no, it's not like it's not like um no it's she's a, a deaf a deaf young woman and a, and a young man and they fall in love mm. and that's my best lesson plan like really it's stolen material <laughs> of it's a test on how romantic you are and and you know that's the best lesson plan i have again it's a positive very light i think that the problem if you ask me what's the the what makes me apprehensive about social issues um or teaching social issues there's it's a it's a landmine because i am not expected to be political like we are mm. we are told by yeah, we're not supposed to be are we yeah, mm. no like we're we're not supposed to be controversial. Um, it's very politically correct, and I don't blame the university. I I, I think most institutions want to remain politically correct. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I can be politically correct. I I don't think it's fair for me to encourage my students to do the same thing, and that's where I kind of draw the line. Like I will be politically correct, but if I give my students a platform and they choose to be politically incorrect. I think it'll be wrong for me to punish them for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So with that said, the best lessons are, tend to be lighter in nature mm -hmm. compared to like something like teaching social justice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I, I think that, I, I think it's safe to say that it might be true for other institutions. Um, just, I, mm -hmm. just most people gravitate to something light, funny, like I, I again that that romantic lesson plan I save it for the end of the semester <laughs> when the students the students are done. Yeah, if you want uh, Hazel, I can I, I I can send it to you. about romance before. Well, that's uh, that's my um I need to substitute a class. That's that's where I I take it from. Like you know my my teaching portfolio. I'm like yep, <laughs> it's my go to <laughs> lesson plan. Yep. Interesting. How romantic are, yeah, how romantic are you? <laughs> um, well, so as, as we as we begin to uh, wrap up, um, do you do both of you have any thoughts on just um, like the political and weird COVID climate right now? Just being in Korea, just working, teaching. Any any last thoughts? <laughs> okay, so. I don't really know what to say. Well, it's it's changed a lot in the last week, hasn't it? Like um, mm. Korea was being praised; it was doing so well. Like yeah. life was starting to become really quite normal. Um, mm. But we're back to having worrying numbers of cases again. So oh, I'm right. a bit concerned because I think 
I still haven't been told for sure if I have fully online. I might have some face-to-face -face classes next semester and I just don't know how I'm going to deal with that. I know that's not really related to, yeah, I'm not answering the question, so I'm going to stop speaking. No, no, it relates. Um, yeah, I guess it's all a theme of like, we'll have to wait and see, which is a bit frustrating, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and well, how's the, I don't know if I want to ask you this, but how, how's the, the house hunting going? Oh, we kind of stopped for now. We kind of given up or well, taking a break. Oh yeah. I've given everything. Yeah. Hopefully that goes smoothly soon or continue soon. Um, yeah. What, what about you, Sarah? Any last minute thoughts? Not last minute. What am I saying? Any last thoughts? Mm. We're supposed to do research on the effects of COVID nine, COVID nineteen, and mm -hmm. in in terms of the the change of the learning experience, mm -hmm. um, I think that it's it, it is a game changer. There are lo lots of people who are saying that it it might be like it's not going to go away anytime soon, and this might be the new normal. Um, the one thing that I, I, I am concerned, I think a lot of students have a hard time spending, uh, listening to an online lecture. I think it's very difficult for students. Um, you know, like, at, you know, Hazel and I, we teach a language course and, you know, there is engage, there are engaging activities so that the students just don't have to listen. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who's teaching a content course, I think it's very difficult to for it's very difficult for students to follow along when the nature of digital consumption is towards entertainment not education. Mm, like yeah. um, I think my students who study things like physics, maths, these kind of subjects they have a really hard time nice. just from what they I asked them to give me feedback just on how life was going and yeah especially those students they said it's really difficult to follow to know how to solve the problem they can't ask the teacher like yeah. in that moment right. and I think like they're less likely like after the class is finished or a few hours later they're less likely to bother contacting them mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. or maybe they feel I think maybe they feel uncomfortable sometimes to email a teacher or mm -hmm. so they can't get an instant answer if they've got a problem mm. and there are some people who learn best when they're in that in a classroom environment when yeah. there's there's real life interaction yeah um, and especially like, in a speaking class right mm -hmm. yeah absolutely mm -hmm. oh, like man. i find that this is manageable just it's just the three of us mm -hmm. like my initial reaction to using zoom was this is not for me like having 15 mm. people and I, I can see their faces and like, I feel, and they turn off their camera, which like, again, That's our so university, <laughs> I know. And I had one class where nobody turned on their camera. Oh, Did they wow. <laughs> Did they, or no, they, they, no, they would mute their, uh, they would respond when I would ask, but mm. there it was a group of boys who were very self-conscious and like, mm. I realized like they, they were just, they were just shy and, I was able to overcome it. And there was another class where there were 13 of them and 10 of them would be doing something else while yeah. I was yeah. talking. I had one student, he would like play League of Legends while I was teaching. What's the point? 
I guess and, they don't get their attendance points mm, if they don't come. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, and there, there would be people who would go to a coffee shop and when they would turn on their mic, you just hear all of the residual noise from oh, the coffee Oh, that's shop. so annoying. Yeah. And I mean, that's the nature of online teaching. So I guess that, you know, there's just so much noise. I mean, like right now, yeah, that's, for me, this is manageable, but 12 people, there's always going to be some student at a in a coffee shop. A student who is, I see a lot of this. Like this is like <laughs> with okay, their phone. Their phone. <laughs> I can imagine. I am serious. That's that's what you know. Come next week, that's what I'm going to be experiencing. And again, yeah. we were told by our university to be extremely generous because again, there is the financial repercussions when if all these students were to quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, that's, that's just been highlighted more these, these last few months, which is, which is a bit sad. Um, but not to end on that note. Um, so we ask everyone this Hazel answered last time, maybe your answer will change, but how do you both like unwind and, uh, relax from the stress of it all? Um, Anyone want to go? Oh, Cyril, do you want to go first? Just because Hazel answered last time. Um, Play I, magic. Yeah, I, I have met. I have, I have many ways of unwinding. I, I don't feel. I think a good way to answer this question. I don't feel that much stress at work. Okay. Um, I don't feel as pressured, even though my job can be very demanding. Mm -hmm. I, I found. Um, ways to manage my job um i think the only time i do feel really stressed is when there's a sudden change and then i realize that i can't really do anything about it it's you know it's an administrative um you know change and i just have to follow along and i think that's I find that the people who have a hard time living in Korea are the ones who are trying to change the institutions. Mm. And there are some things that I cannot change in the living in this country or working in this country. And uh, why stress myself out? Yeah. And like, I think that's why, like, you know, I spent a lot of time stressing Hazel out when we were <laughs> traveling because there were like, there were some things that, because I never thought of myself as privileged until I started working in Jungkook. And that's mm -hmm. like that. And I, I had a lot of anxiety about it because like I was mm -hmm. a father and like one time a student asked me, like, would you feel bad if your daughter, you know, were to go attend Jungbu? And deep down inside I said yes and I felt horrible. I'm like I don't want I don't want my daughter going to this university. It's terrible, and I felt a, a lot of guilt. Edit and, that out. Huh? <laughs> I, I said you better edit that out in case anyone. <laughs> can do I, I know, I know, I know. I, I just I, I just like you know said bad stuff about that university, but no, I don't <laughs> think it's. A, I mean, it's bad in the sense that, you know, Korean people think it's bad. It's good yeah. for certain yeah. subjects, though, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, don't, don't worry, I'll edit up, but I know what you meant. Also, earlier when I when I was kind of joking, by the way, when Hazel said like Shannon and Tunsbuster, I do think Hazel, you meant 
at the early hours of that long ride. I, I didn't mean to like say, oh, she didn't enjoy your conversation. <laughs> No, no, no. were good, but yes, they were intense sometimes. Yeah, they were intense. Like, uh, and like, I knew they were intense because it's like I, I was complaining about. I was, I was doing my, you know, my crazy reflection in the morning, and like, Sarah, she just wanted to take a nap, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. But yeah, no, I just thought, oh, maybe I'm throwing Hazel under the bus by saying it like that, but, um, but yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, that's funny. Um. Yeah, so it sounds like you have a very uh, zen view of it all. I'm trying to get there myself, like through my headspace meditations. Um, not quite there yet. Uh, what about you? Oh no, she. Okay, she left the meeting. Okay. <laughs> I think her connection. Cut. Um, yeah, well, she so. might she might come back, but um, I mean, this I know it's now been an hour, so that was mm -hmm. that was the end. But yeah, it was really nice to meet you. I thought everything that you said it was really interesting. I knew we were kind of going off on tangents, mm -hmm. but I will share what I have. Um, well, actually, I'll share the before edit with you see what you think but thanks so much for your time um i mm. hope we can chat again soon have a great day and yeah just th thank you for everything all right oh, and nice thank to meet you, you very much all right bye. thank you thanks Cyril. See you. bye Goodbye, <laughs> bye